1: The only good bug is a dead bug, and the only good podcast is the Powerful Nerdcast! Hello, my friends! I am Cory, and joined with me, as always, is my good friend...
2: Christian!
1: That's right! Welcome to episode 25 of the Powerful Nerdcast! We have a really exciting episode for you guys today. We have a lot of cool things to talk about. We're talking about the latest Naruto movie, Naruto The Last. We're also going to talk about the brand new Marvel film... Ant-Man, which has actually been pretty successful. There's the brand new video game, Five Nights at Freddy's 4. I was
2: going to say, you can't find any clips of Ant-Man online. It's like Marvel has done, like... A top-notch job at like stopping that from going anywhere.
1: Unlike the folks at Universal, who've pretty much <laughs> shown us the entire final battle from Jurassic World from beginning to end, which you can still look up. Or like
2: Terminator way. Genesis was pretty mm-hmm. much leaked all over the place.
1: Exactly, which is yeah. perfect. You want to view that on YouTube because the entire film is pretty disappointing <laughs> already. Only
2: five minutes to watch of that film. Yeah, and uh, another big
1: thing is there is going to be another Jurassic Park. Yes. Speaking of the park, as well, and apparently we might not be alone in the universe. There might be another Earth out there. Oh yes, this is going to change the course of history. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that... Let's talk about this new Naruto movie. And this is a big deal, okay? Because in the last 24 hours, brand new movie just came out in Japan. This movie is all over the internet at this point. And what's also really cool is that it's also going to be released on DVD in America this October. So make sure to look for that on Viz. I already have my copy pre-ordered. I cannot wait to pick it up. But I had my first opportunity to look at the movie, and me and Christian have had a chance to discuss what we thought about it. Mm -hmm. And our thoughts could not be more
2: different from another. We're very divided, I think. I didn't really enjoy the new movie very much naruto the last and you did and but to be honest i feel like i haven't watched it very well like i'd like to re-skim through it again and just because i just feel like i missed some of the story and i watched it like so out of it it just had come out so i just grabbed it and watched it and i was like dead tired so mm-hmm. i didn't really like it but everyone told me it was a love story i just didn't get that that was going to affect the movie so much because it just feels like it was just a naruto and he not a sort of like focused thing and i was just not ready for a flash i don't want to call it a flashback fest because it was good in its storytelling but uh it just felt like oh it's just going to be a lot of this too and i was not ready for
1: that for some reason
2: D- did you not get that in the marketing i, for um, some reason I, thought I always be- assumed
1: it was going to be a love story yeah um you know I- so you have a very different view than me. Let's yes, just like I do. say
2: that. Like you, you really liked it.
1: I loved it. In fact, it's my favorite Naruto movie, and there's a number of reasons for that. I mean, the biggest reason is that it's a canon story. Unlike yes. the other movies, it's technically it moves not the story. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not filler material. It involves the main characters in the mm-hmm. actual like core of the Naruto universe. The villain has ties to the people who literally created the entire ninja universe.
2: Yeah, and it's also a time we're never gonna see again. Exactly. They really like you said, they did give that show. Chunk of canon time to that movie, Mm. and none of the new stuff is even going to go back to there. They might flashback to it or make some new scenes with flashbacks, but like, this is it. This is all you get of Naruto Mm -hmm. in his teenage years, dealing with ladies throwing themselves at him all the time. Exactly, (laughs) which
1: was so strange at first. Um, Yeah, but here let's just let's just talk about the plot of the film. Yeah, uh, which takes place two years after the end of the manga series, so that's after the defeat of Kaguya and, uh, you know, I probably just put out a massive spoiler, and I do apologize, but uh, keep in mind, if you're only watching the anime version of Naruto Shippuden right now, this movie is a massive spoiler for everything, because not only do you get to learn about what characters survive, but you even get to see what happens to certain characters. Uh, Mike Guy's in the movie, yeah, but he's in a wheelchair, because he lost to Madara, which is just now happening in the anime version. It's
2: almost all strategically planned. It is! That's the one thing I think anime companies are really good at like uh you get like a good example would probably be like luffy's learning about ace in the anime as ace is like dying in the manga of course those Mm -hmm. timelines are off but it's something like that you see that all the time with Mm -hmm. this stuff it's almost uh, another extreme they do it with the video games all the time Mm -hmm. like they release the video games as that knowledge is coming out you know and they sort of like figure all that out and time it all out because their release schedules are definitely so thoroughly thought out Mm -hmm. and it also makes you wonder like how much ahead do the writers know so they can make marketing plans for all this stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, so sort of interesting.
1: Yeah, it's like yesterday's episode of Naruto Shippuden was when they first did the formal introduction of the Sage of the Six Paths where Naruto meets him for the first time. Yep. And that's also when they decided to release the last Naruto movie, which also is the first real reveal about his brother, Hamara Otsutsuki. So yep. the timing is just absolutely perfect.
2: And also you getting like uh, Kage on the games pretty much as it's like getting talked about mm-hmm. for the just first time in everything the Everything
1: is just so planned and
0: perfect for
2: yeah, this. They, they're they're... Probably the equivalent to Disney, because I'm sure Disney does that now. Mm -hmm. That's one of the main things I always remember uh, when we were talking to William Tukarski, the actor uh, from Too Many Cooks. That's the uh, killer. We had him here. We did an interview with him. Uh, He said that Disney has all the merchandising set up like months in advance when they make things now. So they just have this whole machine like I'm sure Star Wars. I'm sure there are crates of every character that exists in the world right now Mm -hmm. or being made. Uh, for that movie to come out in December. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. But uh, let's go back to the last for a second. Let's talk a little bit more about the movie. As we said, it takes place two years after the end of the series. The ninja world is now at peace. Naruto is not exactly Hokage yet, but he's getting there. Basically, Kakashi is the Hokage, and he's sort of looking out for him. Uh, Sasuke's off doing his own thing, sort of atoning for all of his sins, trying to make the world a better place. And then, of course, you have the key story, which is all about Hinata, who is Finally trying to profess her love for Naruto. She's done it before... But the problem is, Naruto's kind of dense about this stuff. He just never realizes anything. And this whole movie is about Naruto realizing that he's actually in love with Hinata as well, and then he actually confesses to her before she even has a chance to do it. The problem is, as soon as all of this is happening, Uh there's this big world-ending event going down where there's this villain who's known by the name of Toneri Otsutsuki, who comes from the uh, Otsutsuki clan, which was uh, Homura, who was the brother of the Sage of the Six-Packs. Yes, yes.
2: The and, Moon uh, Village.
1: Mm-hmm, the Moon Clan or something like that. I think yeah. they have their own specific name. Basically just the Otsutsuki Clan.
2: That live in space. Uh,
1: exactly. But we also get to learn uh, a lot of key details. Something that was not explained in the manga because they basically just towards the end of the series mentioned that the Sage of the Six Paths has a brother. Which I still think was really shocking when we learned that because it's like, why they never bring this guy up? And it almost seems like they did that just so that they could make this movie.
2: Yeah, they pretty much saved that character.
1: Mm-hmm. Because you have the Sage of the Six Paths, who they used went it to twice Earth. on
2: Goku, and they he was did. even in the show. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> one true. was in the show, and one they used for a movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, but yeah, what yeah, you're saying? The, uh, the Sage of the Six Paths. He goes to Earth. Uh-huh. D- you know, him and his brother get rid of the Ten Tails. They separate it into the Nine Tails, and he decides to stay on Earth th- so that he can observe the Ninja World evolve. And his brother Hamura decides to stay on the moon. Don't ask how ninjas can breathe in space because it's just a thing that happens they, they in this exist. movie basically yeah and uh <laughs> he decides to live there on the moon so to make sure that the ghetto mazo statue is not going to be stolen the problem is millenniums go by he dies he doesn't have an opportunity to watch it anymore and that what's what gives uh madara and his crew the opportunity to bring that back and start another world ending event over time though Did that they actually clin-
2: say that madara went there and
1: got it like they when... didn't say like how it really went down it was probably through the they just said you know some... what the
2: genzo mazo is actually the ten tails husk yeah you know they just sort of confirmed that yeah basically yeah
1: uh, i'm assuming he just used some sort of special jutsu to like summon it back to earth maybe something that was really crazy but mm-hmm. they didn't really get into the details we, we don't need the details we know we got it yeah um that's true. but basically what happened is everything went wrong The clans still existed, and they saw that the wars were still continuing, so Toneri sort of, like, obscured Homura's plan, which was, if things go bad on Earth, we should destroy it with the moon. Just let it crash and destroy everything, Armageddon-style, and then recreate it. Now, Toneri took this to the extreme. He literally was going to, like, just bring massive extinction to all of mankind. So,
2: why, what did he mean when he said, take the moon and smash into Earth, if he didn't mean it literally? Like, I'm kind of confused about what the uh, – how did he uh, obscure his vision?
1: Originally, Hamura did not want to destroy the Earth. Okay. He was there it was never taken to, to that extreme. Yeah, he simply wanted to observe, and it was Toneri who had all of this obscure obscured who sort of okay. basically went mad with power. But at the same time, he's not exactly the typical villain that you see from Naruto because by the end of the film, he's actually reformed. He's actually decided that he's going to atone for his sins yep. and he's going to stay on the moon to make sure that nothing bad ever happens again and so that no one ever plans on using the moon against the earth again.
2: Okay, so he becomes like the moon guardian. Mm.
1: And of course we also learned that the uh, the Homura clan, you know, everybody that's from there, that's where the uh, Hyuga clan actually came from. Yeah. And uh, we get to see that even Hinata's abilities are awakened when she meets Homura Otsutsuki in this episode. Yeah. Which is, you know, a really, really big deal for her character but really let's get back to the core of it. This story is about Hinata, and Naruto. That in is And their entire development. That's there it. are some action scenes. Yes. Very few that they are, they are action-packed and incredible. But the They're real core good. story here is about Naruto and Hinata confessing their love to each other and trying to make things a little less awkward between the two. And the other big subplot of the movie is, like you said, Naruto's really popular with the ladies now. You yeah. know, he's been the hero of not just Konoha Village, but of the freaking Ninja Universe. You know, he saved yeah, everybody he saved the world. Uh, from the uh, infinite Tsukiyomi, so now everybody loves him, and he's hanging out at the brand new academy, which is all big and massive, and he's actually training with the students and showing them some cool abilities, and that's another thing I really liked about this movie. Naruto is still, like, same old Naruto, like, he's dense and stuff, yeah. but he's way more capable. Like, he's so much more grown up and yeah, this yeah. Yeah, yeah, in a way different form of Naruto than we've ever seen, but he still can't tell that Hinata is completely obsessed with him, despite the fact that there's so much evidence to this. And throughout the course of this movie, there's this uh, little ritual going on in Konoha Village where everybody gives gifts to each other you know it's just sort of like christmas time in konoha hell there's even snow all over the place
2: oh yeah that was a really cool art style
1: it was yeah. i loved seeing konoha village covered in snow it's something that we've yeah. never seen before and frankly i just thought it was beautiful i thought the whole film looked great um and then you have all these young girls who are going up to naruto and giving him all of these gifts and hinata throughout the entire movie is knitting this sweater for him which it was is, a scarf it's scarf sorry yeah. uh, she's uh, knitting him this scarf and she wants to give it to him and profess her love, but the problem is every single time she runs into Naruto... The more
2: love you use when you make it, the better it is.
1: Exactly. There's a whole... (laughs) There's a metaphor there. there, there. There's a metaphor in there, um, which Naruto uses when he defeats the villain. Um, You know, very typical of Naruto. The
2: friendship power! Ah!
1: (laughs) Basically, yeah. (laughs) And um, all these girls are giving him all these gifts, and uh, Hinata keeps running into him, but he's always bombarded by all these different people, and she just wants some alone time, but she just can't make it happen. That and the fact that she's just very shy and awkward around Naruto.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's
1: this one scene where she finds Naruto, and he has this scarf on, and it's a green scarf, and she's already thinking the worst. Like, a girl gave it to him, and he's already in love with someone else. It's not until the very end of the film that you learn that this scarf was actually made by his late mother. And she left it with the third Hokage. So it's actually a gift from his mother. So it was just a big misunderstanding the entire time. And Naruto would have totally accepted that scarf. But what's really important about this film is that Naruto himself finally realizes how he feels about Hinata and what she actually feels too. Because there's a lot of these scenes where they go to the moon through this weird portal... It's really hard to explain, but it's basically they right? fi- they find this yeah it's very it's, scientific ninjasific. <laughs> they they find this like weird little like like spring. It's like a hot spring, except like when you go into the water, it actually doesn't make you wet. It's basically a portal that you swim through. Okay, and they this takes you directly to the core of the moon, which is where Tonari's castle obviously and his where you want to go. If you're exactly. going to defeat the bad guy. <laughs> exactly the moon and uh which i still think is strange i could have sworn that black zetsu was sealed up in the moon or maybe that's its own separate thing but i'm i'm sure you guys will let us know about that um but yeah black
2: zetsu went with uh the main villain when
1: yeah she got captured exactly so she was sealed away yeah but just mm-hmm. to another dimension which is like when i was new. watching the movie in that final action scene when the moon gets i was like aren't you guys gonna let him out now yeah. like what's going on this is not cool we do not want to blow up the moon that'll actually free them uh, but I kept looking the other way on that. Like I said, I, I might be wrong about that. They might have, like, their own separate, like, smaller moons somewhere else. I'm not sure... Um, but really, the I whole... was a
2: little confused about that, too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so is the real moon cut in half or like what's
1: happening right now? <laughs> it yeah. is pretty weird. It's, it, it's kind of confusing, especially because by the end of the you movie, know, Piccolo
2: really shouldn't destroy that. That's exactly.
1: Really bad. <laughs> I mean, the Dragon Ball universe can get away with that type of crap. They got Dragon Balls. They can just wish stuff back. Yeah. Um, but the whole movie is basically Naruto realizing, you know, that he loves her because there's a scene where they go into the moon and when they're swimming through there are these weird bubbles, which, when you actually like, make contact with them, you can see all of your past memories, and you can actually invade that. And you that. can actually invade other people's memories. And yeah. that's where he found out that Hinata was in love with them, and he was remembering all of the events where, uh, you, know, when he was battling against pain. Where Hinata actually confessed uh, her love to Naruto, he yeah. actually finally realized, oh, that's what she meant. Dur! you yeah. know. And then you know he's like, wow, I actually do have a really strong connection with her, and I don't really like Sakura. And and then he just out of the blue, there's a scene where they're like hanging out by this river, and he confesses her love. And as soon as he does that, the villain comes down and yeah. captures Hinata. So the timing is just absolutely terrible. And the whole time. Basically, this is just a uh, a build up to them uh, building their relationship. And uh, professing their love, and by the end of the movie, they finally do embrace each other for the first time, they kiss, and that's really the end of the movie. If you stick around after the credits, there is a scene which you get to see a younger version of Boruto and Himawari actually hanging out with Naruto and their mother, who's also continuing to knit another scarf. Uh, but full circle. Full circle. Everything works. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to get to the, the meat of why you didn't really care for this. Like, well, let
2: me talk about what I did like for just a little bit longer. Okay, Because sure. okay? I don't hate the film. And the mm-hmm. other thing is I really feel like I've only seen 80% because I watched it. and I was really tired and mm-hmm. skipped around a little bit. I want to go back and rewatch it. But the uh, other thing is I just thought that there just wasn't much action. I'll be honest, you know? And I don't like too much. I don't like naruto flashback storytelling sometimes mm-hmm. you know i don't like
1: which uh, this movie is plagued by it is it's got there a lot of flashbacks so many scenes where they jump around yeah. and will reshow flashbacks multiple times just to illustrate a point
2: like i'm not the biggest fan of naruto storytelling sometimes and this movie to me was made up of most of the things in naruto storytelling i don't like so i was kind of like wow Okay, where's the next action scene? Mm -hmm. I get what's going on here. They're going to float through this river for a little while longer. The bubble's going to hit them. Okay, keep moving. Flashbacks. Okay, good. So I got the idea. But what I'm saying is that I just don't like the storytelling. But going back to what I do like, the animation was good. Mm -hmm. And it looked like even remade some of the flashbacks for Mm -hmm. the movie. Uh, So they all looked really good. And the action, the bubble crab, Jutsu,
1: the know? bubble crab. <laughs> <laughs> that, sound, that sounds so weird when you like yeah. out of context. Yeah, uh, actually, inside of the moon, there's like a guardian who is this big giant crab that they fight against. Yeah, uh, Sakura completely just demolishes it well, in like she one punch. Things,
2: so she, you know, she jumps above it. And mm-hmm. cracks
1: Sakura it. was awesome in this movie. Uh, yeah. Not only uh, was she fighting against the the giant crab, but she fought against this army of puppets, which uh, do- definitely evoked memories of when she was fighting Very. Like, sorcery. Yeah, I was
2: about to say very much uh, in some ways, like hey we had her fight puppets once let's make her do it again mm-hmm. you know but uh, i also find it funny because if you look, think about it naruto and hinata fell in love falling into a river of flashbacks
1: yeah because <laughs> they couldn't talk to each other yeah that's that's what did it
2: <laughs> yeah the river yeah. of flashbacks mm-hmm. oh my god Anyway, and then they came out experiencing themselves subjectively and understood each other.
1: Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the ending. But honestly, that's, <laughs> that might be one of the only ways that those two characters could that, have connected. If
2: anything, it's, it's uh, genius storytelling. Yeah. Because they're not going to, the only way Hinata even said she liked Naruto is in a life or death situation. So mm-hmm. she can't even like talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so actually really interesting storytelling totally didn't break any of the Naruto universe rules. I was expecting mm-hmm. this kind of because it was kind of,
1: is this canon? Yeah, it's definitely canon. Because
2: they fall in love, but I'm thinking mm. of the villain and everything. No,
1: no, it, it, it's completely canon. Yeah. Everything uh, adds uh, up. The creator has said it is a, an official part of the story. And like you good. said, it's uh, it falls it's, in
2: the universe rules. Mm-hmm. You know? It actually felt like part of the series. Yeah.
1: I will say this. Um, I do feel that the first hour of the film is the strongest element of it uh-huh. um, before they actually go on the journey. I think when uh, we see them spending time... I like seeing...
2: Yeah, exactly. When they were in the village. Mm,
1: And that's another reason why the film, I think, was more effective than the other Naruto movies, because it felt Uh like an actual chapter of the series, because... It's not just some random character who exists in the Naruto universe who's experienced something similar to Naruto, so now they have to bond. Yeah, we're hanging out with the main cast. The villain is someone who's connected to another important villain from yeah. the series. Absolutely, you know everything really connects, and uh, the beginning is great. Just getting to see Konoha, and I love the opening of the film. The opening is gorgeous because it uses that ink style drawing. Oh that yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. Painting, I painting, And they go over about. the entire history of the Naruto world and aside from that and just I think the love story which I do think was handled well my favorite thing about the movie was the music the music brought me to freaking tears man you when talked a lot used... about the
2: music see that's why I feel I need to rewatch it because I just didn't mm-hmm. let the music and I'm not kidding I'm so out of it
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I understand. I was out of it too. We had yeah. a lot, we we were working all day yeah. and then we got to this movie and it's just like, you know, we had a, so many requests. People were like, watch the movie, give bah. us a review, give us a review. You know what
2: I want to talk about today uh, hmm. on the podcast? If hmm. we have some time, sure. sorry to derail, but is item drops, I think item we should down. just update that. Yeah.
1: We'll we'll give you guys an update about that at the end here. I'm going to write that down right now just so yeah. we do not forget. Um, but the music in the film, what I really loved about it is they finally decided To reuse the original Naruto theme from the first half of the anime series, which I still think is the most iconic piece of music from the series. Okay. And my dream was always that when they get to the final part of Naruto Shippuden, uh, and and spoiler alert, again, when they finally get to uh, Naruto and Sasuke's battle... Yeah. Uh, that they would use that music during that fight when Naruto is all triumphant and stuff because it would just seem so incredibly epic. Or maybe when they're even battling against uh, Kaguya, I think that would be really triumphant and okay. amazing. Yeah. And they used it to great effect in this movie because it was remixed in a number of ways. They used a slower version, they used a more exciting action-packed version in the final part of the battle, and it just totally made it feel even more like Naruto than it usually does just because they reused that music. And uh, it was just, it was handled so freaking well.
2: What, okay, just... let's wrap this up, but also I want to talk about the final battle, which I mm-hmm. thought was pretty good. Yes. Like, there's the uh, new technique Naruto has where he can separate Kurama from him mm-hmm. in a chakra, super saiyan-looking fox form. Yeah. You know, the form we've seen before when mm-hmm. Naruto goes, like, golden and uh, gets the chakra cloak. Uh, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. And also fighting against the big,
1: what, what, do you know the name of that monster, the stone monster? It was basically just a big statue of Homura Otsutsuki.
2: Oh, and then uh, it came to life. Yeah,
1: and then it was being used by Tuneri and uh, just used to attack. We just needed a monster battle. For we the needed movies, a monster what it was. battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that is something that I did like about the action in the movie. It was very it was varied all over the place. You know, yes. we had a lot of just straight ninja battles. We had special powers which were being used. We had monster battles. There was a big epic fight on the moon. And uh, you know, I think the weakest element of the movie, personally. And uh, I, I don't think it takes away from it because this is a Naruto and Hinata movie. It's just the side characters didn't do as much as I wanted them to do. Because, I mean, on the adventure. Sakura
2: with... punched something.
1: Sakura, Of course, Sakura punched something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, you know, they had uh, Shikamaru on the team, they had Sai on the team. And uh, they where, were basically
2: you know, just doing what they always do. What is Shikamaru's grand plan to help out and a- engineer the whole situation? He wasn't, like, involved.
1: Not really, you know. I mean, the biggest thing was there was this whole subplot in the film where yeah, there's, you know like, countdown def- to, like, the end of the earth, and all the Kages <sighs> and Shikamaru have this clock on their hand, which yeah. is basically a doom clock. It's basically to remind them this is how much longer you have until we're all fucked and uh, they just they didn't do too much with Shikamaru there were a few scenes where he had some action but nothing too crazy same thing for Sai basically my reasoning I think that why they included Sai in this movie is because they're Uh like we created a lot of villains that are flying around on birds we need someone else who can do the same thing Sai can draw birds bring him in because that's pretty much all Sai is there to do is to bring them like transportation and uh, he has
2: become that character
1: pretty much yeah. you
2: think at least when he was done flying with them he said it'd be it's a pleasure to be a friend with you or some sort of Sai line Mm -hmm. nothing (laughs)
1: that's pretty much it I mean he has a little bit of dialogue and that's it the fact of the matter is the side characters that help out in the action scenes in this movie don't do much despite the fact at the end of the movie they call Sakura Sai Shikamaru Naruto and Hinata like the greatest heroes in the world so they're going to go down in ninja history uh, but they're really not the focal point of this film it really is all about Naruto and Hinata and uh, you know You either love or hate Hinata. I think she's absolutely charming and just adorable. Yeah. Uh, And I loved how in the beginning of the movie when she's trying to figure out, like, how to give Naruto the scarf, if she should go or if she should leave. And you're uh, reintroduced to Hinata's sister, Hanabi, who's also incredibly important to this film. And Hanabi is so different from Hinata, it's ridiculous.
2: She almost looks like she's not even related.
1: No. I mean, (laughs) just in appearances. And even then, she's so much more bubbly and happy and different than Hinata. And uh, I'm glad that they illustrated that point. And uh, she's really important because uh, she's important to Toneri's plan because she's actually kidnapped and her eyes are actually stolen, her Byakugan eyes, and placed in his. And that's when he gains the power of the Ten Sagan, which is this other big super mega eye ability.
2: Yeah, well copycat of Sasuke it's Itachi. basically and
1: speaking of Sasuke he's yes. barely in the movie whatsoever he, he does, again, he's not he that important he
2: electrocutes
1: something he does Sakura
2: punches something he electrocutes something That's I don't like
1: the only thing I don't like about Sasuke in this movie is that he one-ups Rock Lee that annoyed me because no, there's well, a he scene. destroyed
2: half and Rock Lee destroyed half
1: yeah, I guess you could say that. There's, yeah. there's a scene in the movie, uh, lots of scenes actually, where all the ninja of the world are gathering together and getting everybody underground because the moon is falling apart and meteorites yeah. are going to Earth and all the ninja are using their different abilities to destroy them. There's a scene where Rock Lee has like this whole group of ninja with him who can all open their gates at the same time and they all jump up in this like crazy like, you know, flying V yeah, formation. Yeah, they're like a flying
2: uh, green, they opened all their gates mm-hmm. and they're like flying towards it. And then
1: it. Uh, Rock Lee just like punches and kicks right through this massive meteorite and it doesn't destroy all of it, and that's when Sasuke decides to show up and uses his t and just obliterates everything. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the main cool. difference. Rock Lee just broke it up. Sasuke just annihilated everything. It no longer existed after he was done with it. Um, and that's basically all Sasuke does. And then he tells, and the then he
2: tells uh, uh, Kakashi what's up. He's like, yeah, by the way, I'm here too.
1: <laughs> yeah. A badass. And that's pretty much it. Again though, this is a Naruto Hinata movie. It's all about them. And aside from the action scenes, I think my favorite part of the entire film and, and it is cheesy. It's really schmaltzy and cheesy is the scene when they're actually trying to navigate the dimension within the moon that Toneri has made. And there's this, like, weird ruins area, and you have Naruto and Hinata just hanging out with each other and bonding a lot. Yeah, yeah. That was very charming to me. I don't know what it was, but it was really effective, and it really made them seem like they could be a couple. And that's they... something that a lot of people complain about. It's like... When have Naruto and Hinata ever spent time... Uh, They've known each other since they were kids. They've gone she on tons of missions was together. was the
2: girl on the swing set. Or he was the boy on the swing set.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's not bring flashbacks into this. There's already enough flashbacks. of those in this movie.
2: I'm bringing flashbacks to the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's
2: get to Ant-Man, can we? We got No, so much we got to talk about oh, the okay. final
1: battle. Okay, okay. The final battle Boom. of the moon <laughs> of the Tonari. So it was pretty much,
2: <laughs> you know, the blue Super Saiyan versus the gold Super Saiyan. Mm-hmm.
1: Which... Then, I'm guessing just because, you know, he's related to one of the most godly people in the universe, you yeah. know, Kaguya and all of them. That's how he's able to – and probably through the power of the Ten Sagan – of course, it's He goes to this uh transformation where his entire body is all blue and glowy, very similar to Naruto's when he goes into Kurama's mode. Yep. And uh, basically this is just so that they can kind of be on equal footing, although Naruto just <laughs> completely annihilates him in this movie.
2: And the other thing is, let's be honest, Naruto doesn't even like power up till the very end. Not I was like, really. "Where the fuck is Kurama mode throughout this movie?" Yeah,
1: I was waiting for that the like the entire you know time. My my excuse for that was just because he doesn't need to use it. Like, why use 100% of your power when you can just use a little bit because it's going to like but he could have like
2: he sees him, yeah, and then like run towards him. He could just go Karama mode, just and send, boom, yeah, and then like crush you know? him
1: with a chakra hand, you mm. know, and just destroy him. It's true. He could have ended things a lot earlier, but yeah. uh, you know, I think he wanted to rely a little bit more on his natural abilities as well because you know he's trained a lot more, he's honed himself as a ninja. But I agree. You know, it is a little strange that you know at the, it's kind of like in a Dragon Ball. You know, why yeah. does Goku wait so long to go at full power? Maybe he just simply wants a challenge. The only difference is here, Naruto, your friend, is being kidnapped. Your, your love interest is being kidnapped.
2: You're watching her get married <laughs> to the
1: yeah, ex- monster that exactly. her. You have got to stop this, but yeah. at least by the end of the, uh, the movie, they're fighting on the moon. You have uh, Kurama, who is fighting against the giant rock monster, which is, is pretty cool. It's basically just a monster battle, though. Yeah, we, we've yeah. seen that before. But uh, Naruto fighting against Toneri, I thought was freaking awesome it was really well animated and it was by far the most dragon ball z fight that i've ever seen from the series
2: absolutely and it's a shame that toneri wasn't better yeah because that's the other thing he just got his ass
1: yeah there, there's a whole like you know what he did
2: mm. he just shoots balls of little energy balls he goes, pretty much very similar to madara
1: uchiha yes he kind of has like the sage of the six paths abilities yeah with
2: the uh black chakra balls and he can
1: condense them into one and create these like giant blasts there's this one move that he does in the movie that is so devastatingly awesome, and this is actually before they get to the final battle. It's the scene where uh, Hinata is actually going away with Toneri for the first time. Okay. And Naruto tries to jump up, and he's using his clones to propel himself forward, and he's getting ready to do a Rasengan, but then Toneri uses this move that he throws at him, which is this, like, ball of light. Which goes over the Rasengan, then blasts right through Naruto, and then sends him flying into the earth, which creates this massive explosion, which shoots up into the sky and actually blasts the moon.
2: What I thought that was is uh, he steals Naruto's chakra and uses it against him. It's
1: basically what it is. Like yeah. He absorbed it and just blasted him with his own attack and made it even more crazy than usual. Like, yeah. You saw the massive crater that was created from that.
2: Yeah, it was a pretty cool attack.
1: Mm-hmm. And, it was, that, and that was before they even got to the final battle.
2: Yeah, he obviously was very powerful, but like you said, towards the end of the film, everyone powers up, Naruto mm-hmm. goes Krama mode, so he's got to have his own thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And of he, course, he uses his tried and true Rasengan's, and his clones, which all come out, and just completely dominate Toneri. And, Throughout the whole course of the movie, there's this thing where Toneri's like, uh, your, your punch will never reach me. Your fists will never reach me. And you're just you're waiting for that one moment where Naruto is just going to deck the hell out of him. In the and face. And he pretty much beats him in one hit. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're actually fighting, like, Naruto is attacking, but Toneri's dodging the entire time. Or he's blocking each of his attacks. And then finally, when Naruto uh, buckles down and he puts all of his power into one fist... He punches Tonary point blank, and you can, like, see there's, like, <laughs> ten impacts in the ground yeah. before Tonary starts to fly and smack into the wall. Yeah. And even after that's done, Tonary's like, oh, you got me in one hit. Damn it! <laughs> you know, but what's also really cool is he's not a typical villain either. You know, uh, after he's defeated, he's had his eyes removed. Uh, Hinata and Naruto actually bring him down to where they met Homura and he realizes that everything he's learned has actually been misconstrued and Uh he decides that he's going to atone for his sins as well which leads me to believe there is the possibility that we will see Toneri again especially with this brand new movie which is coming out uh, the Boruto movie the villains in it look really similar to like people from the Otsutsuki clan so there could be the possibility that we'll see him again I'd like to imagine that he'll appear especially because he's watching the moon and he can see everything so even Maybe appear
2: he... on on earth
1: as like a hologram or something exactly you, you know so you know, skeletor no... style you know make it happen <laughs> you know it, 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 it could happen um but yeah i know we're sort of all over the place uh but i i, I promise you guys uh, i'm gonna do a, a solar review this weekend um and that makes no sense because this podcast is coming out after that yeah um but yeah i will have already had my review ready by the time this podcast is out and then uh, later on both Christian and I are going to do a more in-depth, from beginning to end, review of the entire film because we are reviewing all with, of the Naruto with movies with like
2: pictures and everything. Also, mm-hmm. we are working on a real special uh, Naruto review for the mm-hmm. next movie.
1: Yes, which um, I'm actually about to kick into full production in the next week because um, I have a lot of people on the YouTube community and just people and uh, oh, don't the give it away community. Shh, shh, uh, you, know, you know, I'll just shut up right now. <laughs> um, it's going to be a big project. It's, it's something be good. we've been working on for a long time. Um, but as soon as we finish up that one we're going to keep rolling because we're almost done with the movie series and I really want to get to the last I want to really hopefully get close to those being finished before the Boruto movie is going to come out
2: oh if we don't hurry up we're going to get swamped I know then we then, are yeah then the Boruto because I mean that Boruto
1: movie is going to be huge and it's going to open up the next chapter of Naruto but uh, like I said I'm sorry our, our thoughts were sort of all over the place but we just wanted to give uh, our, our first thoughts and impressions what we felt about the movie uh, but like I said make sure to check out my review I'll even put a link for it in the description box below Why don't we hit up some viewer questions uh we don't have
2: any oh we don't have any well i'm sure we do so when we do have some we don't have
1: any prepared for today's podcast how about that
2: that's a better clearing up of that topic
1: but yes uh that was uh naruto the last it was i definitely recommend it to longtime naruto fans
2: so Corey, uh some of the biggest movies that come out that came out this summer Mm -hmm. were was jurassic park yes or jurassic world the world and as of today as of whenever you're watching this, because you've probably already heard of this by now, uh, Jurassic, Park, uh, or Jurassic World 2 is coming out in 2018. Mm-hmm. They've announced it. And Chris Pratt is on, and so is that hot redhead.
1: Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, very excited about that, mm-hmm. actually, because damn. I really enjoyed uh, Jurassic World. It mm-hmm. felt like a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. They know how to make movies now. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not uh, a random surprise that the Marvel Universe is so good now,
1: mm-hmm. like
2: out of nowhere. Because uh, they know how to make movies now. And I'm pretty excited about that.
1: I mean, they definitely have a formula for it. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Um, you know, I don't even know what to expect. I honestly think it's too early to An even start talking. army of tiny
2: raptor and Dominus Rexes coming at you.
1: Oh, boy. I mean, obviously, this is not going to be a typical Jurassic Park movie. This isn't going to be. There's no way they can do a retread of just going back to the island and running from dinosaurs or them opening up another park. They're I want to see raptors
2: to in different. Afghanistan. Okay. That's what I want to see
1: like wearing scouters and like, yeah. you know, they, they learn how to, you know, they've already opened doors and stuff. Let's let them use like, you know, rifles and stuff. Yeah. Like I want to see dinosaurs yes. with guns,
2: <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> or maybe like go even crazier with it. Let's get a post-apocalyptic future with dinosaurs, which have enslaved mankind. The tables have been turned planet of the dinosaurs. Damn you. You blew it up. Oh, uh, wait, that's already been done, but with apes. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just, I have no idea what they're well, going to do with Well, we all this. know
2: that the world is actually run by lizard people, Corey. That's so, true. So maybe Everything's just going full happened. circle
1: with this whole Jurassic Park <laughs> thing,
2: you know? That's why the Illuminati won't let it happen. Mm. Uh, so it's probably just going to be about... Uh, I just think more genetically evolved dinosaurs is cool. It's a safe... <laughs> Within the store universe way to keep making new dinosaurs. It's
1: a safe way to make money too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sequels work. I
1: mean, it's obvious that Universal, you know, they released this movie. I honestly don't think they expected it to do as good as it did. Uh-huh. I thought they were maybe all right, we're gonna we're gonna break even, we're gonna make a little bit overseas, and we're gonna sell some cool merchandise and it's gonna be a nice success for the studio, and that'll be the end of the Jurassic Park franchise. And then they just made so much freaking bank, and they're like, "Holy shit, we got fucking Star Lord in this movie. We're gonna have him riding stegosauruses in the next one. It's gonna be insane, and they're gonna go crazy with it." And just the fact that Chris, Prass, uh, Chris Prass, Pratt, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt, uh, Star Lord, and fricking uh, Bryce Dallas Howard are going to be involved. Like, I wonder what type of role they're actually going to have in the movie. Like, I mean, are they going to be trying to stop some sort of weird militaristic dinosaur event? Yeah, they it's going, going, going to be, be his involved?
2: dinosaurs for their, versus their dinosaurs. Mm-hmm,
1: like his raptors fighting against the other raptors? Yeah,
2: the genetically, the, the tiny Indominus Rexes. Yeah. I want fluffy T-Rexes that they invent. So people can have like a pet T Rex.
1: That's no t-rex. an awful idea, <laughs> fluffy T Rex. I don't want any fluffy or feathered dinosaurs in these movies. I know that it's scientifically accurate, but these movies are not scientifically accurate. They're science fiction.
2: Yeah, there's no science. You know, on
1: velociraptors this. are not five feet tall. No, they they're literally like, they're are the like size chickens. of chickens. Like you know that scene in the first movie where the kids like it's like an overgrown turkey. Yeah. He's mm. not far off. They're basically big turkeys with really sharp claws. What was, what
2: was the uh intro of Jurassic World? Do you oh, remember John. what was uh, it?
1: Oh, it was when the Indominus Rex was uh, No,
2: yeah. what it was the bird landing and you thinking it was a dinosaur foot and then mm. it slowly oh, zoomed I out. Oh, I forgot
1: about that. Yeah, that <laughs> was a really clever It's stuff. birds.
2: That's what dinosaurs are in a lot mm. of ways. You ever see how birds move their head like mm. this? Like that's exactly you like You look at the T-rex. raptors
1: from Jurassic World like you when know? they're going in the kitchen and stuff and
2: That's exactly the way they move. You know, they're just big, uh, uh, no-feather birds. Mm -hmm. They're like chickens that will really fuck you up.
1: (laughs) Um, But aside from, like, the story of the new movie, I think the thing I want to see the most is a return to practical effects. I hope that the new Star Wars movie that's coming out is going to push other studios to want to try that. And uh, I think that's something that was sorely missing from Jurassic World because – yeah, it's, it, I mean, it looked cool, but I, I was basically just looking at CG dinosaurs. I want to be able to, you know, feel like they're real, like I can touch them. And uh, that's something that I really think they could uh, do for the next movies. It's uh, just practical. It, the other reason it's tough for practicals for dinosaurs, though, is because they are so large. Um, so to make them look and yeah, move like realistically is tough. Person. Aside from making them look jerky, because we talk about how the practical effects in Jurassic Park are really good and they still hold up. There are a few scenes, though, where the practicals look a little shaky, especially with the uh, the giant T-Rex head. You know, there are a few moments where it literally does kind of look like something on a crane that's just kind of moving left and right. But because of the lighting, because of the rain, it is that much more convincing. I've never thought World, to look
2: that closely. Mm-hmm. now you've ruined that part for sorry. me
1: sorry <laughs> go back and watch the scene where Newman from Seinfeld is about to be killed by the Dilophosaurus uh-huh. right before its frill comes out and it goes like ah! and yeah. stuff you can see the strings no if
0: don't you freeze that.
1: frame it you can see the strings that they pull to make the flaps come out wow yeah they don't but digitally because remove it, that? But only when you freeze frame it though but when because it's dark and it's rainy it's really hard to see when it's all happening real quick because you're not focused on the strings you're focused on this freaking Devilish animal, which is about to fuck your shit up. Yeah, yeah.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. uh So, new Jurassic Park. New I'm Jurassic excited.
1: Park. It's going to be good. It's going to be
2: good. And you know, we're going to go. We're going to have Chris Pratt as a CIA operative now, and he's going to be infiltrating the black market of dinosaurs. Mm, I don't knows? know about that. We'll see. uh We got five Five Nights at Freddy's. You just five sh-
1: Nights at Freddy's. You're actually new to
0: this. Yeah.
2: So we were at Momocon this year, 2015, mm. and we saw this big animatronic like chucky e. cheese type character on steroids and i was like what is that and you're like oh it's five nights at freddy's mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't know what that is it sounds like uh because the, the thing looked cartoony mm-hmm. i'm like is this just some new adventure time cartoon you're into or something you know like i don't know what this is he's like no it's a game and so and then how would you describe the game because i just saw it today i don't i don't really it's
1: basically know. a point and click horror game
2: but i feel like when you say point and click nothing's happening and it's almost like a race-against-the-clock game, mm-hmm, more it is. so than a point-and-click adventure. Um, I think a miss.
1: A lot of it is about observation as yeah. well, about what you can see and what you can hear. Um, obviously, I don't think Five Nights at Freddy's needs too much of an introduction. It's been a really, really popular series. Um, it's all about basically uh, what happens when Chuck E. Cheese, like, animals and animatronics come to life and try yeah. to kill you. And uh, the first game is you actually acting as the security guard in this uh, restaurant. And yeah, you have Chuck to watch all the cameras yeah. and make sure that these things don't come to life and kill you. And there is more of a backstory to it that they reveal through many games in the uh, sequel series. Yep. Uh, the second game actually is a prequel to the first mm-hmm. game. Um, and takes place before things start to go really wrong. But it's still the same premise, except there are some new elements they add to it. As opposed to just looking at different cameras, you also have to look through ventilation cameras. And you also have your doors open all the time. You can't close them. So you occasionally always have to flash your flashlight and make sure that there's nothing around you. And so then, that's
2: when the flashlight came in as too. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And then in the third game, that's when they did something completely different. The, turn, okay. the uh, story takes place way later and it's about this horror attraction which uses a lot of the old things they took from the restaurant. And oh, now wow. they've come back to life and they're trying to kill you again. And just recently, uh, just today actually, they released the fourth game in the series, Five Night at Freddy's 4, uh, which is actually about you playing as a child. In your house which has been somehow haunted by these creatures and you have to um, like
2: run either you're, you're in your room or you mm, run down the hall or you look in the closet yeah,
1: basically you're in your room the whole time and you can look at your bed you can look out two different doors and you can look in your closet and, and you're you running to, all the and time you're constantly going back and forth listening for things trying to see if you see anything and if you mess up you get killed by these nightmarish creatures <laughs> which just pop out at you and I don't particularly like playing Five Nights at Freddy's. I only played the first one. Yeah. But I will say that it's one of the few games that I love watching Let's Plays as, but that's only because I love seeing these scared reactions of people.
2: I think it also just captures the idea of Uh, being scared really well. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden you're just like, look here, look here, look here. Oh man, I hear something. Don't turn on your flashlight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then it hits you, you know, and you, you see it in the let's plays. These guys really get invested Mm -hmm. or they fake it really well. Who
1: knows? (laughs) Um, But honestly, the the idea is just for the series. I always thought was just genius because uh, you know, we've, there haven't really been too many really inventive horror games uh, over the last couple of years. It's pretty much just been zombies. I've
2: seen a few games, you know, like when you're a person, it's kind of like Silent Hill where you can run from monsters, but you can't mm-hmm. really do much to them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's those sort of horror games, kind yeah. of like a third person or first person. Yeah, I mean, Silent they did Hill. the
1: whole, uh, you know, I, I like to think that the Five Night at Freddy's series was sort of spawned from Slenderman. Which it's is part of that very movement. similar, where yeah. you know you don't want to look at him, you don't want to, you know, it's all about those pop up scares, uh, and this is sort of like an extension of that. It's just that it's a little more static.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, Slenderman was fun though.
1: Yeah, it's creepy as shit too.
2: Yeah, you played that once or mm-hmm. twice, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: it was. It, I didn't like it It was too creepy. <laughs> uh, same thing for Five Nights at Freddy's. I think it's it's absolutely horrifying, and it sort of ch- like changes the entire dynamic of Chucky e. Cheese forever. And it it popular it popularized so many amazing videos like you could go to youtube and type in like creepy Chuck E. cheese and there are all these videos of like there's this one i saw it was called uh chucky e. cheese after dark uh-huh. which is just showing what the animatronics do when there's like no one in the store and when there's no music and it's horrifying dude these things i mean they don't even do anything but just like move around but there's like sometimes i will just look at the And it's disturbing as shit.
2: That was real entertaining for the audio-only listeners. Yeah, I know. They're going to
1: love that. (laughs) Make sure to look for the video version, guys. Um, Where Corey does things. um, And that's why I've, I've never gone to Chuck E. Cheese and never want to again. Well, the pizza's great. Really? Have you no, ever been? Oh, a- the
2: pizza's not great. Quite. Have you ever been to a Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, well, you know, I was a lot younger. Uh, you know, I was like twenty. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. kidding.
2: I was way younger. Uh, and yeah, you know, you just play arcade games. A lot it's of. It's basically
1: uh, just an arcade.
2: Yeah, and then there's the thing where you throw the balls, skeet ball. Yeah, skee-ball. yeah, skee-ball. yeah skee-ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, skeet ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. skeet ball, and skeet, skeet, skeet ball. And you didn't laugh at that? Fuck you, Corey. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and it's fun. You get tickets. You get your little plastic toys, mm-hmm. and you have fun. And there is gigantic weird animatronics there yep. and dudes in costumes walking around. It's mm-hmm. like the poor man's Disney world.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Just, it just seems sad to me.
2: Yeah, exactly. Poor like, man's like, Disney I world. I just,
1: I don't want to ever go to a Chuck E cheese. I, one day, if I have kids, I just, I hope they never figure out what Chuck E cheese is. Cause, and if they do, we're not going. No, no, we we're going to go get real pizza or we'll go to fucking Disney world. All right. Yeah, exactly. Birthday. We're not going to do that shit. Um, but the, the games are really fun. Like I said, the let's plays are really great. Um, so, uh, I introduced you those to the game today and I could already tell you were already starting to enjoy watching. I, I don't
2: them. want to put it on my phone cause I'll play it too much. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to, that's what I
1: did with the first game. Like I was yeah. obsessed with it until like I beat all five nights, which was, you really... did
2: all five nights. Mm-hmm. Is that hard at the end?
1: For me it was, but that's just because I, I don't do well with like horror games or a touch uh, despite the fact that I love resident evil, but that's a different type of horror altogether. Um, but I genuinely, you know, I always, I, one of the things that always freaks me out, especially in horror movies, like uh, inanimate objects coming to life. That's that bothers me. That's really you. freaky to me. And this whole thing is, that's what the whole premise of Five Nights at Freddy's is. Interesting. Uh, that, and of course, there's a whole subplot, which is all about this killer who, like, the, the, the animatronics are actually, like, inhabited by the ghosts of dead children. Who were murdered by like the, the guy who owned the restaurant okay yeah like they it's get fucked into that yeah it's really messed up and uh it's funny too because the uh, creator of the game scott Cawthorn, uh the first game that he ever worked on uh was a bible game just a shitty ios bible game that nobody ever bought and <laughs> after that he's like i'm done with this and he just made uh this fun little game and he's like well let's see what happens and it just became this massive hit yeah, just you know, blew in, up. Uh, a lot of movie studios have come to him and they want to make a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, which there could be potential there. That'd be unlike any other horror film that I think has ever been made. And if anything, the I think the horror uh and you know, movie what, franchise
2: almost would really work cuz think about how well just the Let's Plays work. Mm-hmm. so what could a movie version of that do capturing that magic you know that if would, they you know, do it if it works and it
1: depends on how they make it are they going to make it a narrative or are they going to make it a found footage movie which that might actually be something that could work for something like that kind of how
2: the cameras look
1: exactly yeah. they might do something like that and obviously in the games it's usually just one it's one person uh they're going to have to add new more characters and stuff for the film um but yeah. uh I, I think there's potential in it and it's uh it just shows you know it, you can be really creative with just a small idea, and it can really snowball from there.
2: Yeah, but it's not just a small game. There's a lot to it, a lot mm-hmm. of art to it. There's and, a the, lot and of... the
1: fan base is so loud and passionate about the the, the series. Like, I can't believe uh, I missed it. Like, you know, uh, the video series on YouTube, Game Theory. Oh, yeah. There's like 10 Five Nights at Freddy's like, theory videos. Whoa. All just like, about the lore of the universe. Yeah. And that's how I know most of this stuff. Because okay. I, you know, most, I, like I said, I played the first one and then I just watched other videos. Game Theory was together. a show
2: I loved a lot last year, but I just haven't watched recently.
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> I mean, there's some I like, and then there's like some episodes it's like, all right, you guys are reaching big time on this one.
2: But they need to make uh, an episode a week or whatever, so they mm-hmm. got to keep pumping it out. Exactly. I liked all the uh, Zelda stuff, like Zelda was experiencing himself. Mm-hmm. Experiencing the ghost of himself through one of his games or something yeah. or blah blah blah, but yes. I I enjoyed Link all those...
1: is dead in Majora's Mask.
2: Yeah yeah yeah,
1: he's not, <laughs> but yeah,
2: he's in a dream world. He's in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, what else we got here? Oh, New Earth. Speaking about dead people being on other planets and space dandy type stuff, <laughs> we were discussing this earlier. Uh, NASA, all hail Lord Zenu. All hail hail Lord Zenu. So NASA had a big press conference the other day and they announced that they think they've found earth's cousin or clone because supposedly it's like the same distance away from its sun and the sun is the same temperature and it looks like it has you know i don't know what clouds look like in space or how you can see that but it looks like it could be an earth type planet and they made a big announcement about it because they're like this is the first proof that we found that this thing might look like earth you know and that would change a lot of things. What was the name of it? You wrote all that down, didn't you? I think it was like
1: a Kepler four two five a four uh, two b. Then you know, <laughs> I, I think 4-2-B. they could come up with a much better name for this planet. But uh, uh, if all of this pans out, this this could be like a turning point for mankind history. Yeah, I think... I'm, You know, I, I don't want to say I don't believe in aliens because I've always felt that's a little arrogant because I mean the universe is so massive that's like I mean, saying are you we really the only things here
2: that's like saying you 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 know there's no God or you know for a fact there is a God like mm-hmm. even saying you know what God is is like almost uh and I'm not saying this from a Christian point of view I'm saying this from like just a everything point of view saying you know there is or is not a God is almost like an arrogant thing to say because mm-hmm. it's and it's like to say you don't know there's aliens out there is almost an ar- arrogant thing to say in some ways to be hundred percent sure mm-hmm. you know because first of all it's just millions and millions of things out there i should really use billions and then i should probably actually use trillions Mm -hmm. because you've ever seen when they zoom out on space and show you all that stuff it's just ridiculous how Mm -hmm. far back it goes and uh even trying to wrap your mind around like solar system universe and galaxy and the difference in those things you know that's pretty intense Mm -hmm. if you think about it uh so if they actually discover an earth that just means it's just math that Mm -hmm. means it's just odds until uh, another earth shows up with all the galaxies and stuff in there.
1: Exactly. And what's really striking about this is just how they say it's so similar to earth and it's a little bit bigger to say that it is very similar. And that it has like maybe a similar, like uh you know, terraform uh-huh. um,
2: atmosphere. Things yeah. Like that. I mean,
1: like who's to say there isn't another species out there. And I mean, just that's going to change and rock the foundations of everything. Like I really can't wait to see in our lifetimes, if something like that is discovered, just to see the reactions from the different cultures of the world, uh-huh. just from religious organizations, from terrorist organizations, what are they going to say about this? It's going to literally change everything.
2: Yeah, because uh, you think about it, knowing we're not alone, we're just this one blue rock. You know, mm-hmm. we're on this one. Uh, I think Joe Rogan has his explanation that calls the Earth an actual spaceship. It just doesn't go anywhere. It just goes around the sun. So, But it is pretty much a spaceship. If you look at it, just, it's holding you survive on it. And you go around and you survive in space. That's a spaceship, you know? Sure. So uh, we're just sitting on this big blue rock, and it's interesting because if that means there's more of these, that means why wouldn't there be life? Mm-hmm. The only difference equation, if there's more Earths, the only equation whether or not we exist at the same time is time because mm-hmm. it took millions of years to show up here. Uh, they might have shown up a billion years ago. They might have shown up. They might not show up for another 4 million years. Yeah. Like, it's really times the only equation if they find another Earth, if you ask me. Because that's when, if you think about it, right? Because like, it takes millions of years to develop life. So it's sort of interesting. If and I mean,
1: think about it this way. Like, we just found them. What if they found us?
2: Or how many times can we find them before they find us? And exactly. how many times have the aliens found, if aliens, how many times have they found other And people? if
1: we find each other... Yeah. Is this going to have good results or could it mean? Well, best case
2: scenario, best case scenario is that we just find uh, a planet with plants and basic animals like, uh, uh, you know, bears, deer, stuff like that. But they
1: idealistically. Persons. We find something like that. That could be the next frontier for mankind, especially in yeah, terms this new wild, of wild, wild West. Yeah. Jim and, West. Because everyone's going to try and conquer it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> A Jim West, Jesus uh, Christ.
2: Fucking Wild Wild West. It's going to be, yeah, anyway, Desperados. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop quoting the song now. Um, but the point is that that could be crazy. Well, like, we could fucking get there, though, Corey. Mm. You can't get there. We
1: can't even get into space anymore. We can't
2: even go to Mars. No. We just, we got excited about getting a selfie with Pluto. Yeah. Okay?
1: Like, come <laughs> on. Like, that's as far as it's gone so far. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> Earth's like yeah alien culture
1: is going to see we doing selfies they're going to be so disappointed in us uh well we're just
2: a bunch of crazy advanced monkeys you know <laughs> basically woof, woof, that's also uh, what kind of scares woof.
1: me too you know i mean you know we're we're very violent people what's going to happen when we find this place are, are there going to be other cultures that want to just straight up conquer it
2: we're like that species in uh uh, uh mass effect the big
1: dinosaur to people Oh, I completely forgot.
2: You don't know them? You know,
1: I, I only finished the first Mass Effect.
2: Yeah, there was that There was that one where you had to save the race, uh, and that you that's where you met the doctor character. Mm. Uh, you know, the big long-faced alien with the big eyes. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. Nope, maybe? Anyway. No, not
1: really. Mass Effect. All I remember was game. I lost one of my crew members, and it really pissed me off. He was one of my, like, uh, berserkers, too. I forgot that's his exactly name. That's exactly the guy
2: I'm talking about. Remember that race? Of he the... like,
1: they're, like, big and bulbous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that's his name. humans
2: are in the universe. Mm-hmm. We're the aggressive, shitty species, you know, that hasn't quite developed. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it's very interesting, and I think that, uh, uh, I hope that's another Earth, I guess. You know, but you could look at it the other way. We enslave smart animals here. We put, like, you know, dolphins and shit in uh, swimming pools, and they're like, Aah! And we're like, that's cute, but really, they're like saying, like,
0: let me out. I, I don't know, dude. SeaWorld's <laughs> fucked up.
2: Yeah, SeaWorld's fucked up. So, we are doing to what aliens could do to us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, what are we? What What is the natural order? If we're an example of the natural order of things in this universe, uh, does that mean that there's just an advancer, or more meaner, bullier force out there? You know, it's possible. We yeah. can
1: only pray that there isn't.
2: Yeah. We should pray that nature you know? takes things in other directions. <laughs> and, and,
1: and, you know, I mean, this could completely reform mankind. Like, I mean, it, or
2: get us to work together.
1: That That's another thing. Like, that's that's to me, I think, the most positive aspect of this. When we finally learn um, if there is another life form out there. I mean, everybody's culture is going to change to the point where it's like it doesn't really mean as much anymore. It's like
2: because we together have to come together and build a giant robot to fight the aliens. Exactly. Or else it'll never happen. USA can't do this one alone, guys. Mm-hmm. We need your funding. Send the money to 555. <laughs> 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 Nothing, Corey? Okay. No. No? Okay. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, interesting. I really hope there's <laughs> another Earth. Yeah. So got Earth. Mark it off my list, son. Did it.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, This episode is dedicated to all of our alien brothers out there.
2: That's right, guys. We, we're not the haters. We don't take that many selfies.
1: We're cool, okay? And I, for one, welcome our intergalactic overlords. <laughs> and thanks
2: for all the fish. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so we also have like, a, we were going to talk about Ant-Man, but you know the reason I don't want to talk about Ant-Man? You haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. And it, those dudes at Marvel's lock that movie down. It's yeah. not on YouTube anywhere. I want to see the Falcon vs. Ant-Man fight so bad. Here's my any... quick
1: review. It's good.
2: It's good. That's it. Here's mine. It's funny, too. Yeah, there we go. Right. Uh So good movie. Um, but yeah, you guys, thank you guys so much for watching. Also, um, we also want to give a shout out to Rogue Intel because they've been hooking us up. They got us on iTunes and I hope you guys uh, will take five minutes out of your day to go review our podcast on iTunes. You can just leave like a one to five star rating. Five stars, the best or and leave a review or you can just give us five stars so that would be cool too don't feel like you have to write anything mm-hmm. uh and the only reason all that's happening on itunes is because patrick duffy at rogue Intel and those dudes over there have hooked us up and they have a bunch of other podcasts over there it's actually a podcast network so check them out over there it's dot doesn't get any easier than that and if you do like the uh the uh shows there like they have a support page so check that out too if you actually like them Uh, and, uh, what else, Corey, what have you been working on this week? Anything worth checking out? Just a
1: million reviews. You know, this whole Naruto movie coming out has uh, sort of changed my whole week because I am going to have to review it, but there's also a few other shows that I'm going to review this weekend. Um, a few brand new anime series, which I never had a chance to do reviews on. I'm going to do some like double episodes, impressions reviews. Uh Um, one of them is God eater. I've gotten a lot of uh, requests for that one. Yeah, you have uh, that review coming out. A ton of that. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be crazy. Um, and of course more Dragon Ball super, which is always good.
2: I'm excited to uh, see Drag- the next episode. Mm-hmm. I think Ball it's actually on
1: break this week, which is kind of unfortunate.
2: Way I'm American. I want
1: it now. You're damn right.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then uh, we're going to do another podcast next week, you know, keep this bitch rolling. And uh, so that's pretty much it for news. I don't think there's any other updates. No, that's much Follow that. us on uh, Facebook and Twitter.
1: There is actually one more update that we want to do, uh, and that involves item drops. Oh, yeah. Yes. Good we, call. We, we do me, need to talk about Okay, this. let
2: me just finish my thing. So anyway, but if you do like us, guys, uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, check out our podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's on YouTube if you like the video format. And it's also on RogueIntel.com. Let's get to Item Drops. Yes. Okay, so with Item Drops, we do, we've done three videos for a company called ItemDrops.com. They came to us and said, hey, we're going to send you free stuff. Uh, in our boxes, because we shipped these mystery boxes, I think it was like $15, 20 30 or $50 mm. for their top tier package. I do not remember the pricing off the top of my head. But they had three tiers, uh, good, better, best. And uh, they said, we'll send you free anime boxes, and you open them, and you make the reviews. And uh, we were upfront in all those videos. We always said, Drop sent us this, and we get to keep the stuff. And then um, it was cool. We made three videos. But on the third one, we made one, and then Items Drop's website went down. And then they said they're rebuilding it. And I have an email from, I'm assuming, is the owner. I'm getting something from someone at Items Drops. And I think his name's Rob. Uh, He is telling me that their website's down and they're rebranding their website. Or they're rebranding their anime item drops to a different company name. Anyway, I just want to say I hope that we continue to work with item drops because they do send us nice stuff. Uh, and it's cu- it's fun to open a box. You know, that's why I love ordering things off Amazon because mm. it's like so fun to open a box. Of it's shit. Christmas every day. Christmas every day. So Christmas once a month for us when we got the item drops video, you know, it was cool. It was it looked like so much fun. I even jumped in the last one. You know, I was like, I want to open this thing. And so but now, you know, their website went down. They're rebranding. Um, I personally told them I wish that they had told me sooner so we wouldn't have made that video mm-hmm. or we could have, like, worked with them to come up with the right information to send you guys to the right place. Mm-hmm. And there was a
1: lot of confusion, obviously, amongst our fans who would go to the website and it's like, oh, we need a password. Oh, it's only selling military stuff now. Um, like I said, we, we do apologize for that. Um, we're, we're still trying we to just work feel with bad.
2: We just We should have emailed them before we released the last video. Mm-hmm. They should have told us they were shutting down their website. There was mm-hmm. a few just miscommunications. Yeah. And uh, anyway – we're just saying that's the story and we had nothing to uh more to say about that i hope i hope we do more for them Mm -hmm. or we'll just get another sponsor you know we get reached out by people randomly all the time now and like when someone like breadcat we talk to people like breadcat Mm -hmm. and we talk to people at item drops or we did the dollar shave club if it sounds fun and an interesting way to provide some new content to you guys and benefit the channel, you know, we say why not? So and item drops was cool and we got some cool stuff. And their boxes got better every month.
1: Every I, single time,
2: yeah. Yeah, their boxes got better. The first box was like, Oh, you gotta send us a DVD that doesn't have Japanese And no English subtitles like this is English only that's Mm -hmm. no and we told them and the next time they didn't send it they sent us a Mm -hmm. way better DVD and then they started sending us manga and it was good stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, it was stuff you guys could have got if you had their packages Mm -hmm. Uh, but unfortunately they went down and uh, you know it is what it is and we just hope you guys understand most you probably could care less (laughs) (laughs) so anyway just getting that out there but yeah uh, I have I'm not going to rewrap it up but I will say thank you guys so much for watching thumbs up the video if you like it subscribe if you're listening on iTunes and give us a five-star rating thank you guys peace